Hey, y'all, this is Trina, and this is part four, our last episode of the Innovation mini-series. Um, as a reminder, our Innovation Lab was really about investing and supporting black parents' ideas, our creativity, our ingenuity. Um, too often, black parents have had to struggle to make a dollar out of 15 cents, and parents of liberation said, what would be possible if we gave us the whole damn dollar? And we did more than that. We gave our black parents uh, $5,000 grants, our stipends to test their ideas and to explore a problem that is impacting black families. And for this hot take today, um, you're going to hear a clip from one of our innovation fellows, Chelsea Flagg, where she shares her innovation called Like Me. It was spelled L-I-H-K-M-E, and it stands for Love and Community, Identity, History, Knowledge and Solutions, Media Evaluation. Um, and it was really an, a creative and uh ingenious idea to think about how the media messages that we consume impact us and how can we be mindful about supporting our children and consuming media whether that be social media television film music um, all of the ways that we receive you know information coming at us all the time how can we be sure to listen and absorb information that is serving us to uplift us to create black pride um, and black joy and how do we create those type of environments and so she created this tool which is a media tool and I think it's really important you know as someone myself right um, I am a media major that's what I studied in college um, I care a lot about the messages that we see and send that's why we curate these events that's why I even have a podcast right how can we talk about black parenting and black families in new and, and creative ways that are uplifting and positive and not always so negative and stereotypical um, and according to the 2020 hashtag representation matters report released by the National Research Group, two and three black Americans say they don't see themselves or their culture represented in movies and television with 86 percent of black Americans saying they want to see more representations and stories on screen. And 83 percent of black Americans um, believe that media perpetuates negative stereotypes of black people, right? And so I think it's so important for this tool that Chelsea is creating, right, for us to be able to evaluate um, the media that we're consuming and that we want to let our kids consume. And the other reason why I really think it's important um, as, again, a media major is because Malcolm X said it best, that the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. And that's power because they control the minds of the masses, right? And so when I think about the power of the media to control the minds of the masses, that when I think about who I want to, con who I want to have such influence on my children's minds, it's not the media, right? So what are the messages that we are um supporting, amplifying, and making sure it comes into our homes? And then what are the media messages that we want to limit and um, not, you know, subject our children to? And so shout out to you, Chelsea, for creating a tool for us to do the evaluation and self-reflection. Um, check out her work. It's called Like Me. Don't inundate your mind with media swine. Take control of your intake because now is the time. Critical analysis is the antithesis to the brainwashing inflicted by our nemesis. What you are is what you eat, so watch your feast. Remember, all music ain't liberating because it got a good beat. All shows and movies ain't righteous because they trending for the week. Make sure your social media algorithms ain't feeding you garbage on repeat. Choose leisure 
for your mind and your soul, and not just the close of the week. Because if we're not steadfast in our fight for liberation, our success will be bleak. People in As black people in America, we throw on our super being capes at the start of each day and move from place to place through task to task and fulfill responsibility after responsibility. This recurring act is accompanied by efforts to yield times and experiences of joy, rest, growth, community love, among many other things into our lives. However, the desire for times of happiness and leisure is often overshadowed by the heavy demand on time by life's responsibilities. Thus, many people fall into leisure options that are readily available and easy to access. Many studies show that the availability of time for leisure and how it is used influences not only an individual's quality of life, but also their subjective well-being. And studies within the past decade revealed that currently there is a significant use of media as leisure. So that brings about the question, what media content are black people most often engaging with and how is it impacting their holistic being? When you think of the general media available and then focus in on that media which actually has portrayals of black images and black people, it's fair to argue that the majority is saturated with messages and examples that perpetuate damaging narratives of black people. So these may include demonstrated stereotypes of being lazy or criminals or generalizations of fractured families, volatile relationships, hypersexuality, and various other degrading and demeaning depictions. So now let's segue into the problem I'm working to address and the solution I've began developing. Black people, plagued by barriers of systemic racism in virtually every area of American society, experience an excessive amount of media that perpetuates American cultural values of anti-blackness. If black people had an analytical framework and tool to help guide how they interpret the media they consume, then they would be able to better develop and practice more healing and liberating habits in their media consumption. So with that, my innovative solution to this problem is Like Me. Like Me is a media evaluation tool that aids black people in being more thoughtful, intentional, and critical about the media they engage with and give their time to. Like Me evaluates content within four primary focus areas pertaining to black people. And these are black love and community, black identity, black history, and black knowledge and solutions. Each of these focus, focus areas were found to be essential qualities to black people achieving true liberation. The idea of a media evaluation tool was developing community with 10 other parents across two different workshops. We discussed issues facing black community, reflected on personal and familial goals, identified actions toward black liberation, shared in our personal experience with media and that of our children, built out the focus areas of the media evaluation tool, tested the tool, among other things. And what I've shared with you today is the working sample of the collective work and innovation of me and those 10 parents. So in closing, I'll just say that one thing I'm passionate about, other than my five children, is supporting black people in living boldly, proudly, righteously, and free. 
And on this innovative journey, my aim was to create a tool that would empower black people to counter the anti-black nature of the society we live in, and also equip, equip them with a way to not only take control over the, their lives via choice of how they use their time, but also how they engage their minds. So thank you, P4L, and all of your amazing staff for the opportunity to do so. As we all return to our lives, I ask that you remember to ask yourself these two questions when it comes to media. What's the message and how does it free us? Thank you. Raising black children in the United States can be really scary. And as a black mother, I realized I was parenting from fear and I wanted to make a commitment to parent for liberation. You are listening to Parenting for Liberation podcast, and I am your host, Trina Green-Brown. Each month, I'm joined by other Black parents, and we discuss our own journeys to push past our fears so that we can raise our beautiful Black children to be whole, free, and liberated. Wake up, everybody, no more sleep. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. This is Trina, and on this episode, we speak with Ashley Carell, who is one of our innovation fellows um, and her innovation was nature time Ashley is an Oakland based lover of music she loves being in the water she loves being a mother to her 13 year old kid um, she has been teaching young children in a variety of indoor and outdoor learning spaces for over 15 years and this year 2022-2023 um, school year is her 8th year as a forest school teacher in the Bay Area welcome to the podcast Ashley Thank you so much, Trina. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. I'm super stoked um, about your project. Uh, folks are like, wait, black kids in nature, school, outdoors. What? That's so cool. That's so creative. That's so innovative. So actually tell us a little bit about Nature Time. Like what is Nature Time and what inspired you to create it? Thank you, Trina. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Um, let's see, Nature Time is an outdoor day camp for Black and Indigenous youth. We are located in Oakland and we are completely outdoors, rain or shine. Our camp takes place in a second generation redwood forest. It's a living classroom and we offer affirming care and learning experiences during seasonal breaks. Our camp is guided by a child-led curriculum and the seasonal offerings of our outdoor environment that we're constantly learning from, that's constantly changing day to day. And we center Black and Indigenous relationships to nature. Hmm. And my hope for Nature Time is to support families in raising joyful, free children uh, what I love about teaching outdoors is that our outdoor classroom has no walls and it creates a lot of space for every kind of energy. It holds space for all emotions and children can be quiet and contemplative in these spaces, but they can also be highly physical and yell and be loud and run and jump around and that their space the trees and the land really holds all of those energies quite well. Uh, let's see. Mm, I, can I reflect back? Because yes, please. As you were describing, I was just like imagining 
it's just like such a beautiful image that you just painted. I just saw like all the different, you know, little black babies, like the introverted ones who are like reflecting and contemplating and like following a caterpillar on a rock or something. Um, mm-hmm. And then the ones who are like running around and like, let's jump and splash and mud puddles. Um, you know, I could just see all the different like, types and personalities and vibes and energies and also just like feel that they're so free um and Mm. out in nature and so i'm curious about um when you think about like you know black black and indigenous kids in nature and outdoors you know forest schools like what what was your project trying to solve for like i can Mm. just imagine like oakland um and not necessarily having access to that for a lot of black kids. I, 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 I'm I, curious, was there a particular problem in your area that you were solving for? For sure. Well, I found in my experience as a parent, uh, when I had my child, I was beginning to search and constantly searching for networks of care that felt safe and affirming and engaging. And I think As Black parents, we begin to think about these community networks when we're raising our children, whether it's, you know, childcare swapping and finding your aunties or creating cooperative models with family members or people in our community that we trust. So uh, I think the question that I was trying to ask was how can we support the Black, uh, the efforts of Black families Uh, in raising healthy and joyful children. We spend a lot of time and intention raising our children while also playing this active role in creating and modeling the community that we want them to thrive in. So in the same way that I wanna feel good about knowing that my child is in the care of someone who is loving and treating them with patience and care, I feel it's important for black caregivers to feel that they have they have spaces that are supporting their children with patience and with creativity that mirrors their children's creative spirit and with enthusiasm that mirrors their child's enthusiasm. And through my time with the Innovation Lab and our time together creating Nature Time, I was able to explore that question more deeply of how can we support the efforts of Black families in raising healthy, joyful, liberated children. And through the practice of even observation in the classroom, the outdoor classroom, (laughs) uh, through listening to the children, through listening to their families, I'm starting to find the answers for those questions. And that's the beautiful thing about being a teacher and specifically working outside is that every year the students are changing, the seasons are changing. Every year it looks different in the landscape that we are learning from. Um, And so it, it drives me to continue also learning about my families, learning about myself, learning about the land we live on. It's a continuous creative practice. Um, yes, thank you for this question. Yeah. And why in particular outdoors for black families? Like, why was that important? Because like, you know, we could have been in a school in a school, regular school, right? Indoor school. What is the benefit? um, Do you imagine or like, why is it important to black people in particular to be outdoors? I thank you for this question. 
I mean, we know that historically there has been a severance of our connection and relationship to land. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important to reclaim our connection with land. I think when families think of forest school or even think of outside, they think of something being outside of themselves. But our connection to our natural world is us. We are a part of nature. And offering a time and space where children, as I mentioned before, can have quiet moments of thoughtfulness and contemplation while others can climb and explore in these big, highly physical ways. Each one has their own relationship to land. And it doesn't even have to be hiking and camping to have that that relationship begin. It can even be inside when you're having a moment with your cup of tea and you're enjoying the fragrance, knowing that it's coming from the earth and you are too. So I just want to make space for children to have their own experience and to observe closely what it is that they are asking questions about and begin sort of feeding those questions with materials or ideas or my own questions. It's a collaborative space. And quite honestly, I become a student there too. We are creating this school and this community together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, And I really appreciate you naming that, you know, white supremacy, colonization, racism, environmental racism um, has created these severings between us and the land right we've literally as a people where many of us were taken from or stolen from land and placed somewhere else and had to cultivate soil that is not necessarily that wasn't familiar to us right Mm -hmm. um and so thinking about this school right there's a space for black and indigenous young people to come together to reconnect to the land it's kind of like reconnecting to ourselves um and i just you know i appreciate the power of that um, oftentimes schools aren't the safest place for children. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like today is a day that I heard of another violence that happens on campus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so how do we think about school in the way that like we're we're always learning and we could be learning in multiple environments and how can we learn from nature? How can we learn from each other? How can we learn from our relationship to each other and our relationship to nature? So I just really appreciate um the intentionality of wanting to be an outdoor space, a free space, right? And reclaiming our connection to um, nature, right? Um, So thinking back when you brought this idea to the table, when you got the application or someone forwarded to you um, in the summer, um, what made you decide to participate and sign up for the Innovation Lab? And what were you hoping to learn? Oh, yes. Okay, let's see. Well, I was thinking, of course, we had, we still have the pandemic that began in 2020. And this is when I began to receive a lot of great response around outdoor learning and forest school and creating learning pods. And I began to ask myself, I began to ask myself this question around you know, spending time raising our children and also creating these communities that they want to live in. Uh, 
I was starting to collect notes and dreaming and imagining about nature time for several years. And in the summer of 2022, uh, this application came my way. I was already listening to your podcast, specifically around education and also the one about boundaries as blessings is something I share with my families quite often. And I felt that the questions I was asking were also the questions you were asking and searching for answers for. Um, and I had collected some curriculum at that time based on my observations in the summer of leading a small camp with Black youth. And my hope was to be in collaboration with Black parents and caregivers uh, as I strive to support them. I want to also receive feedback and create a space um, that is based on their voice and the voice of their children. I found that I learn best in collaboration. I, I learn best when collective imagination and dreaming comes together. Um, and I didn't have any expectations for what I was going to learn. I was just so grateful to be in community with dreamers and other black parents. Um, and what I learned was tenfold of what I expected. So I'm, I'm so, I'm so glad that I, you know, came with an open mind about it because I received so much more than what I thought. Um, it was a real practice in, um, trying something new. This is the first time I had ever applied for any kind of fellowship or grant. And um, just knowing that it's coming from my heart and I just want to to try something new um, is really where it came from. Mm. <laughs> That's my real answer. Yes. <laughs> Listen, we like the real over here on this podcast. <laughs> um, you know, I really do appreciate you saying like you came in. It's funny because you're you're like a you're a teacher, right? And most teachers are learners, right? Um, student learners, lifelong learners, lovers of learning. So, the fact that you came in like I'm here to learn, I'm open, I'm here to like see what what it is. Um, it definitely resonates. I'm like it makes a lot of sense. Um, it so feels I appreciate good to you. be a student. It's... It feels good to be a student and ask all the questions and just my student self felt very activated. I was excited to bring that enthusiasm back to the children. Yeah, mm -hmm. I loved it. I mean, I love seeing the learning happening real time, but also like, as you said, um, when you talked about this, the space that you're creating in your outdoor school, is that like it's being co-created, right? And so there was a way that y'all energy in the circle and your ideas, right, helped to inform the curriculum, right, for the Innovation Lab. And so... <clears throat> You know, it was a co-created process, and I really appreciate your deep learning and openness. Um, so speaking of openness to learning, what did you learn about yourself? Did you did you learn anything new during the process um, as you were working to build this out? Oh, I learned so much, Trina. Thank you so much. Uh, when I went into the fellowship, I came with a question that was centered around forest school and an idea that children need to be in nature and over the course, and that that is beneficial. And while that is a truth, I was able to, through my time uh, with other black innovators and being in this dreaming space, to really get down to the root 
of what it is I was trying to do with Nature Time and out in the forest, which was to support the efforts in raising joyful and liberated children. And it's very different to design a program thinking you know what community needs as opposed to asking community and uplifting the voice of the community that I'm wanting to serve, the community that I'm a part of, that I'm creating for our children. Asking them and, and sitting with the listening and learning allowed me to create a program that felt inclusive of all Black families. And my time with Winter Nature Time, which was the pilot, um, the culmination of our fellowship and our time together, I could see that and I could see all of the rich learning that children were experiencing uh, together. Uh, we served 22 families, Black and Indigenous families, and the learning just came, the conversations and the support for one another just came. So beautiful how children in a few days can become friends and ask about each other. It's amazing to see them remembering the land, mapping out the land and creating these memories with each other. Um, and I found that even that experience in the forest, how expansive it was, how collaborative it was, really mirrored the work that I was doing with for six months with you all, in community with you all, being able to be in a space of abundance and sharing and collaboration was my greatest takeaway. And that I also learned that we don't have to have all of the answers, that we can ask and that we can learn and ask for help and learn in community. And that this project is an idea that I've had but it came to fruition because of all of the participants. Um, and it also mirrors the land that we're using, which is so diverse and interdependent and things are growing at different rates in the forest and things are blossoming when other leaves are falling. So it very much mirrors then the ecosystem that we're also learning in. Um, I just had, a wonderful time. I miss seeing you all. That was so fun. Hmm. <laughs> I really do. Mm -hmm. I know. It was such a good time. Um, so much learning, so much sharing, um, so much growth. I think not only, you know, for the fellows, I think for Parent of Liberation as an organization, for our team, um, it was just such a rich experience. And so I was, I'm glad to be able to capture some of that in the storytelling through these podcast episodes um, because it was so rich. Um, um, before we go, I do want you to have an opportunity to share what's up next for Nature Time and how can folks find out about you and what you're up to? Yes, thank you. Well, we have a website coming soon. For now, you can follow me at Nature Time Oakland on Instagram. And I have links there to... Uh, welcome sessions where you can learn more about outdoor education and forest school or even child development. Uh, and then you can also apply for our summer nature time session. We are running one month of outdoor camps in Oakland, California. 
Summer is so, so fun to be outside and hiking and looking for blackberries and just playing and getting dusty and, and sun-kissed. So I'm really looking forward to being outside all summer long with these babies. Uh, and you can reach us at Nature Time Oakland. Feel free to reach out and ask any questions you may have about outdoor learning for school outdoor education. I love talking about it. I'd love to answer any questions anyone has. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Trina. thank you so much, Ashley, for sharing about Nature Time. Thanks for participating in the Innovation Lab. Um, and thank you for joining us on our podcast. Thank you, Trina. It's an honor. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting for Liberation. I hope something on this episode will inspire you on your parenting journey. Please like us on all social media at Parenting for Liberation. Until next time, let's get free, y'all.